0: Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating and love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers! Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And welcome to 51 First Dates, a podcast about dating and not dating and being single. Ooh, ooh, always trying new things. Thank you for being here and listening to us. We are, we're back.
1: We're back. We're thrilled to have you. We are feeling our Sunday afternoon slash morning on different coast vibes.
0: We um, are. We're. we're you know, both are getting over cold vibes. We, there's some, some coughing and mucus happening. We apologize in advance. We will cut it out. You won't have to listen to it. <laughs> Hopefully, but if we both sound insane, that's why I feel like my both of our voices are probably a little weird, a little hoarse. Yeah, especially um, when you know I, I'm not noticing your voice right now, Liza. I know mine's a little hoarse, but when I listen to podcasts, I feel like I'm so acutely aware when someone has a little cold because you yeah. just have the sound. So totally, you just I sound apologize, t- even if it's five percent different. You're like, yeah.
1: Um, however, we're also really, really, really excited because we have an awesome interview with Shani Silver, who is a writer and the host of a single serving podcast. Um, we just talked to her before we recorded this, and we're both fired up because she's
0: so smart, cool, and. Like, hashtag inspirational. We, we were both like, we need to be better at podcasting. <laughs> She's just so eloquent and brilliant. And if you haven't listened to her podcast, please check it out. She has completely, you know, changed the discussion around being single. And I, uh, it, it makes me want to do more about how amazing it is to be single and how important it is to not only... Care about dating, even though this is a dating podcast. You can care about dating. You know, I just I'm very inspired by her, and I wish I had her podcast when I was single. I mean, I love it even now, not being single. Yeah, completely. And I think that also it's
1: a it's a good accompaniment to our podcast. I don't know because I feel like we talk a lot about taking making dating not scary, making it fun, and an opportunity to connect with people, an opportunity to learn about yourself. And she talks about learning about yourself. But, like, not through dating. So I feel like it's it's two sides of a similar coin, which is just, like, you are perfect the way you are. Work on your happiness. Try to connect with people. And relationships are not a magic tonic that solves all your problems and whatever. So I feel like, it, yeah, I, I, we super love talking to her. And we think the interview is really great. And you're going to enjoy it. We even we even
0: dished a little bit. I haven't read her piece yet, but I'm going to go to it as soon as we hang up about Love is Blind the ridiculously bonkers Netflix dating show that it's like we're doing free promo for it, which I kind of, you know, we won't dive into it the way we do our Bachelor 5 minutes, but it is an interesting premise and we talked about it a little bit. It's a problematic premise in many ways too because it relies so much on engagement and marriage. And I don't know. It was it's inter- it was interesting to have had this interview with her and be watching this reality dating show that is totally. so based on engagement and does not need to be I'd almost have a better time watching it if the premise wasn't you don't see each other and then you get engaged and you see each other like just lose the engagement part and it would feel like more real to me yeah well it's funny because
1: I feel like and I mentioned this a couple times in our interview with Shady but uh, so I'm sorry that you're gonna have to hear this a bunch of times but I feel so back and forth. Like, in watching it, there's so many things about it that I think are interesting, and then so many things about it that I think are so fucked up, and it's confusing. Because, yeah, the idea of, like, yeah, connect without seeing each other does feel useful. Mm -hmm. And I think especially, like, in later episodes, they get into connecting without having the distractions of having your phone having social media having like being surrounded by people like all of the things that can pull your attention in a million directions and just focusing on like another human listening to them communicating like like a couple things in there i'm like there is something there but then yeah the engagement thing is insane that's where it goes from feeling like an actual experiment to the most like bad garbage reality tv thing
0: i know well we'll have to do something maybe instagram is a better platform for us to like what or like have a discussion on love is blind like igtv i don't know how it works but or we, yeah (laughs) grandma or we could just do like stories back and forth and then people totally comment or live instagram you can go live right yeah okay
1: maybe we'll do a live party we could also fully do a a bonus app and put it up on patreon or something like that That, if anyone cares to see it i
0: think that would be good we have not utilized our (laughs) patreon but there is a page out there so we could make this the first play we could. Okay. We could. Let's anyway, let us know what you guys think.
1: And also you can let us know what you guys think on Instagram at five one first dates pod. You can email us at five one first dates pod at gmail.com. Send us your worst first date stories, your weird dating stories, your fun stories, your whatever. Send us send us an email. We like to get your emails. Um, and join our secret Facebook group, which is our lovely, lovely online community to hang out and share feelings and yep. ask questions of each other.
0: And please enjoy our conversation with Shaney Silver. I'm just, I'm obsessed with her. And you will see why in just a moment. Um, We're
1: going to take a quick ad break and then we're going to hear from Shaney.
0: We have Shani Silver, host of a single-serving podcast and writer. Shani, thank you so much for being here.
2: Oh my god, thank you for having me. It's so nice to not be in the driver's seat on a podcast. I can't even tell you. It's such <laughs> a cool change of pace, to like not be responsible for everything. Thank you.
1: I mean, that is fully. I give you so many props, like having a solo podcast, because I feel like every time I have nothing to say, Kimmy has something to say, or like you know what? I, like, I mean, I would not. I would be afraid to do it alone because of my codependence, my therapist would say.
2: Oh, my God. I'm so jealous of you guys, the fact that you have a co-host. And you also vibe off of each other really well. I'm very, very jealous. I was thinking about that listening to your Valentine's Day episode. I was like, damn, it might, might be nice to have a friend around <laughs> also for this. But I have guests every week. My Patreon yeah. episodes are solo, but my main episodes are, are with guests.
1: Yeah. Well, that makes sense, too. I mean, I feel like a lot of times it's easier to, like, sometimes it's easier to interview someone because, you know, it's yeah. like, whatever. But we also are, like, happy with being ungraceful, braless interview monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, Shaney did put a bra in, but Kimmy and I are free soloing today. Sol- so <laughs> it's going to be great. Um... But anyway, we're so happy to have you, and we're going to talk all things, your podcast, we're going to talk all things about being single and changing the narrative and making it like a gorgeous time in your life. However, we like to start by asking every guest, do you have a worst first date story?
2: So I thought long and hard about this, and (laughs) I have decided to take a page, literally, from Jessica Simpson's book, Open Book, um, which is sitting right here next to me. I cannot stop reading it. My whole weekend has just been bouncing between reading her book and watching Hunters on Amazon Prime. Highly recommend both activities. This is like one of the best weekends I've ever had. Both of those
0: are on my list. I just got so excited.
2: Okay. Get after it. It's (laughs) all worth your time. Um, Guys,
0: I might do the Audible.
2: Do it.
1: And yes, they are a sponsor, but that's not even why I'm saying that. Like (laughs) – I just Does feel like I want it? her to read it to me. I think so.
2: Oh God, I, it would be such a bedtime story to just listen to Jessica Simpson reading to me. Completely. Um, but anyway, so the book is about like her telling her truth. And my truth is that I do not believe in telling dating horror stories. I don't believe oh. in like, going back through them. They were all shitty the first time. Can I swear? Fuck. Oh, oh fuck. Yeah. of course. Oh, big time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> probably don't say fuck if you're asking about whether or not you can swear. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't. I don't tell them because they were really hard to sit through. And mm-hmm. I also, and this has been coming to a head more and more lately, but I really don't think that, that the worst parts of being single and the hardest parts of being single should be used. And not that you guys are doing this by the way, but I don't think that they should be used for entertainment purposes. Um, or like just in general, I know that that single women often like bond over the stories that they've been through and the situations they've been in, which I love. And I'm a huge fan of people connecting that way. But I think, and a huge part of the work that I do, but you guys know this is like to to grow the ways that we connect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not gonna tell you one, but because I'm also a podcast host and I respect you as creators and refuse to leave you hanging, if you want, I will tell you the story about the first time I ever finally got the balls to travel alone.
0: Ooh, I love it. Absolutely. Yeah, and also, that's incredible. Just before that, I, I I don't know. And I continue to like be amazed by you. But I love that. I I too think the worst first date, like, we love it. It's our little shtick. But again, like, it this whole thing about dating horror stories, even all the crappy reality TV that I consumed way too much of about dating, like, it's it's all it is all pretty disrespectful to us as humans doing this really hard thing dating. Like going back to it. I don't know. And I just I like that. I'm thinking You've already, like, expanded my mind by thinking about that. Well, here I'm going to yeah. expand it
2: a little further. I will tell these stories, but it's going to be in a book. I have a philosophy that is may whatever hurt your feelings eventually make you money. And so hmm. I will put all of these stories in a place that is going to make me money and help people, like, really identify in a way that, like, promotes, like, change and growth. Totally. Um. But yeah, you're also catching me on a week where I've spent a lot of time, a lot of time digging into... Uh, singlehood is entertainment. And I just wrote like 3000 words on the topic on medium about love is blind. And I, I rip it a new asshole and I really feel good about what I've done, which sounds so crazy. But I also like this week too, while I was digging into that to like frame my thoughts around it, I was contacted by a New York company called Updating, which is And like brace yourselves, it is a live blind date in front of an audience where the participants are on stage wearing blindfolds and they're like talking to each other and like feeding each other oysters, like in front of an audience. When I go on a date and I don't know the person, I don't even want the bartender to know what's going on, much less like a room of 150 laughing people. Hmm. So the idea of going through like the worst parts of this. And putting them out there is just like it's a it's a rough week for rough yes. week for a dater. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. can't wait
0: to read your piece on love is blind. We'll have. I to, will send it
2: to you. Pour we'll a, link a big yeah. glass of something before you start reading it because I don't, I do not hold back. At I'm all.
1: psyched. I mean, I've been hate watching. I watch a lot of dating reality TV. We, yeah. Literally, we just did an episode of like a reality TV redux of talking I saw about that a lot at, of this. You're but in the queue. I don't think we went like uh that deeper that intellectual we on because mostly like i kind of love hate watch all of these yeah. shows but love is blind has my head spinning like every <laughs> 5 minutes i'm like i hate the show i love the show i hate these people i like these people i hate i know i hate these people wait what like it's so yes <laughs> All
2: of it, I have but to give I- you guys a compliment too. I really love that you care enough about your audience to tell them when to fast forward to if they want to avoid The Bachelor. Uh-huh. Respect so much respect that is a really big deal. It's like yeah. when Seth Myers came out with that stand up routine, he was like, If you want to skip politics, there's a button for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's that's so much care for your audience. So I wanted to give you that compliment.
1: Yeah, I think we both, um, it. it provokes enough like self-hatred in us that we consume the content mm-hmm. that we're like this is our our way of giving back to the world but yeah I mean it's tricky and I, I fully like really respect your perspective on worst first dates I think it's a really good um I think it's a really good point to bring up my hope with our worst first date stories is that I think there's a lot of fear of dating and I always think that like to me laughing at something and sucking the air out of like, the, the things that keep people from dating. like We're all about, like, get on dates. If you're afraid of being on dates, just go on a bunch of dates because most of them are mediocre. Most of them are fine. Most of them are okay. Most of them are, you know, like, medium. And I think that people don't go on them because they fear the worst. Like, my hope with the worst first date stories is we're sucking the air out of it. It's like when you're so afraid to admit something in therapy, and then you do, and you're like, oh, that's not scary, you know? It's like, oh, a guy looked at his phone a lot on your date. Like, mm. You know, it's like, however, so that's my that's my hope slash vision board for them. But I think <laughs> that your perspective is really important that, yeah, like we should be careful about how we um, how we package the the dating content that we're like putting out into the world constantly.
2: You know who does it really well? Um, and I, I say she does it well because I think what she's doing uh, helps spark a thought in someone's mind to like help us affect change. I think Violet Claire is amazing.
0: Oh, yes. Her comics.
2: Yes. I know you guys were just at that event and I was supposed to be there, but I was out of town at a wedding. So I missed you guys. I'm very sorry. Oh, my God.
0: And it's fun because um, she's been on your podcast as well. Yeah. 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 Yes. It's a yeah. She's a deep podcast. friend of the pod.
1: We just hosted last week the event that um, Shady's talking about. Is we hosted a, a panel about Valentine's Days and everyone's feelings about it at this like amazing art gallery that is still. Oh, when this episode comes out, I don't think it will still be up, but follow Violet Claire on Instagram.
2: Oh, she's so good. Her comics are so good because they make you realize like if this has happened to you and it's happened to all of us a thousand times, but if it's happening, you don't have to take it. You don't have to continue to have this happen to you. You can say no to this. You can walk away from this. Somebody just posted something in my podcast Facebook group about stashing. Do you know what stashing
0: is? I do not.
2: Um, maybe I shouldn't tell you because I want to spare you this knowledge, but it's like when you are, I guess when you're dating somebody and like to you, you think you're dating and to them, they think it's a secret. Like they don't, you don't meet any of their friends. You don't know any of their family. Mm. Like it's just, they kind of have this like secret relationship with you or something. And the, the thought in my head was like, as soon as you realize that this is what's happening, you're not being stashed. You're kind of like, you're not saying no to something that you should be saying no to. You should be walking away. Like giving it a cute name like ghosting is perpetuating the problem. We have got to stop naming things.
0: We are very much on that page. We are. I think the names get overused, but the fact that they're always cutesy terms for like disrespectful behavior, it's so frustrating. It's like we're all perpetuating the problem. And then they get defined weirdly. And even the way this is not – It's a little bit different, but the way gaslighting has become this term that's not used properly all of the time. I don't know. It's just the terms need to go. It's funny, actually, because Violet Claire, like she was paper clipping became a thing because of one of her her comics. And she was like, I didn't intend for this to be like someone contacted me and paper clipping is a new dating term because of one of my comments. So it's just wild that we feel the need to put these names on. Everything. Well, it's strange because I almost feel like it's a vicious cycle because I think
1: sometimes the naming of something can be helpful. Like, I think gaslighting has been a, a problem that women have dealt with forever. And without uh, like a clear definition and a term to rally around, it's a very diffuse concept. It is really hard to pin, put your finger on something and be like, what you're doing is wrong. But I don't know why because it's really hard to explain what you're doing. So <laughs> I feel like at first I was like, yes, this is a thing. There is a word for it. It is frustrating. It happens all the time in all these different ways. And now the term has gotten out of control. It's it's like, you know, so it's this it's tough. Like I wish there was some I wish we could You know, what would be helpful is if the English language were better and we just had good terms for these things from the beginning (laughs) that were like meaningful and not Instagrammy, but like real and based on what women go through. Like that would just be nice. It's a lexical gap in the English language.
2: There's also like a massive gap in just the way people treat each other and dating in the first place. Like maybe we could start with that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Where we net out after. Totally. Maybe. How about
1: men don't lie to women? Like. How about that? How about
2: that? Yeah. Let's add that to the list of things that they need to get better at.
1: Or people don't lie to each other. Huh.
0: Hey. Yeah, people don't lie to each yeah. other. You know, people. You know, be polite to each other. Like respond in a timely fashion if it. If you feel you need to, I don't know. It's a, I couldn't even make that list. It would be so long.
2: Yeah, it would, it would be-, be, but it also you walk away from it. Whatever that, whenever that happens, whenever one of those things happens to you, like if I do nothing else before I leave the planet, I want to just tell women, you can walk away from that. You can walk mm. away. Whatever dude you're talking to is not the last one you're going to talk to. Move on. More's coming. Better's coming. Walk away from this horse shit. Yeah. Whatever the cutesy name is that they're like writing clickbait headlines about, read it, send it to your friends. Fine. Just know to walk away from it when you see it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, stop. I don't know, I feel like I see so many people, I feel like a big mission of our podcast is like, you don't have to, if something doesn't feel right, it's not right. If you're justifying someone's behavior, or the way they treat you, or the way you feel about them, then it's not right. So like, yeah, the walking away thing, or like just the, you know, if it feels icky, it is. Like, I think that's part of, I say this all the time, but I think that's part of our power as women is that we are intuitive. Like we can kind of recognize um, things that are off uh, very quickly. But then I think because a lot of the time we're taught to that, like, love is king, getting married and having babies and buying a house is like the ultimate thing that we we try to justify and like fit these pegs into holes. And it just doesn't that they don't go into (laughs) Um, and that's, yeah, I feel like that's a big thing we talk about. And like that, when we leave the planet, I just want to be like, you don't have to be with someone if it doesn't
0: yeah. feel good.
2: <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have merch?
0: We don't. No.
2: So I would suggest if it feels icky, it is. That should mm. be one of your first like yeah. coffee. Yeah. or Oh,
0: I love that. I love yeah. that. Liza, that is, you say that often. I love that.
1: Yeah. You know what? Who taught me that? <laughs> An acting teacher in college about like auditions.
0: Oh, we were, they were doing. Like they were giving us a the
1: thing. They were like, "If you're going on auditions, if you know whatever, if you're emailing with someone, whatever." And they were like, "If it feels icky, it is." Wow, I'd wear a, a baseball cap that says that.
0: Nice. <laughs> yeah,
1: we gotta right. get in the well, merch game. guys. Maybe we'll get our merch game on. Anyway, uh, enough about our podcast. Wait, you should tell us about your solo travel. Yeah, we, we went on a went whole, in the largest a whole journey. Song.
2: It ha- when you get a group of people together that operate in this world. This is what happens. Yeah. This is exactly what and I know about I think it. It's amazing, but okay. So, why I wanted to tell this story was I hope that it can be expansive for other people because I was um, in my mid third early to mid 30s when I first went on my first solo travel trip, mm-hmm. and that's too long to wait. Please don't wait that long. Please do this many many years before I did. And you don't have to be single to travel alone, by the way. Um, so I, uh, in my like late twenties and early thirties, I used to get so frustrated um, seeing other people travel and post pictures of it, like classic FOMO behavior. And I remember there was like one blogger that broke the camel's back, and she was like in an infinity pool in Thailand, and I was just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't feel left out anymore. I have to go somewhere but I was also very scared and dealing with a lot, a lot of anxiety. I still do, but like that, it was like peak at this point. So I did, I took baby steps and I decided to go to Washington DC and I had never been there before. I never went on any of those cute field trips as a kid. I just didn't do that. Mm -hmm. So it was a train ride from New York. I went down for a long weekend and It was the scariest few days ever. And now when I look back at it, it's like so funny that it was scary. I was just going to museums. That's all I was doing was going to museums, having the occasional glass of wine while reading in the afternoon and going to some really rockin' dinners. That's it. And I was so scared every time I would sit down somewhere or pause somewhere. If I was looking at a painting for too long, if I was sitting at like, um, I went to this really cool bar um, it's like this circular bar. It's really beautiful. And there's like pictures of like presidents all over the it's classic DC shit. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I'm such a sucker for any of that, like just like high roll in Americana, like. Oh, me too. DC is my shit for sure. Uh, not <laughs> now, but like typically. Yeah, um, and I was, I was so scared the entire time. I was really, really afraid. I had very high anxiety. There was nothing, I was in no danger whatsoever. I was just like, my anxiety was out of fucking control. And I, like halfway through the trip, I was just like, this is what it's about. This is just like an immersion (laughs) exercise. Just do it and prove to yourself that you can do it because you can't not go anywhere anymore. So it was just like training wheels and I did it. And it was, I still have wonderful memories of it. I cannot wait to go back. Um, But after that, it gave me the sort of fortitude that I needed to go other places. And now I go to Paris by myself once a year. It's the best thing ever.
0: Uh That's dreamy. I was just thinking in my head when I saw Frances Ha, I was like in a dark spot in my life and she goes to Paris alone and I was like, I'm going to go to Paris alone and I never did it. And it's funny that now you say, you go, that's that's like my favorite city in the world. And I, I'm i totally inspired. I want to go to Paris once a year alone. Too.
2: When we hang up, I'm going to email you the PDF of the solo Paris guide that I wrote because I want you to have it.
0: Oh, please do. That's yeah, I just got super inspired. I just feel like I've I'm just feeling wanting- I'm... Yeah, you're guiding this podcast. I like I'm getting the greatest <laughs> advice. Like, we're hosting. <laughs> Ugh. Guys, I went on a solo trip that ended up being incredibly depressing
1: because of, like, <laughs> no, it's like, I was so excited. I'm telling this story briefly because it's nuts. But I went to Wales for a wedding. And then I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Like, I, I have to go to Wales for this wedding. Like, I, I didn't have a ton of money at the time. But I was like, well, I'm going to this. Like, I'm already spending the money. I'll spend a couple days in London. Like, I'll do all this amazing museum stuff. Like, I'll, you know, I was like, it's going to be great. Whatever. It, it was it re- connected to my family, but my family wasn't going, like, they all were going back right after. So I was like, okay, say I had like no money. So I booked like the shittiest hotel. Like it was like at a cell. It was really pretty <laughs> bad. But the wedding that I was at, oh boy, they is- broke up right at the wedding. They broke up at the end of their wedding. <laughs> No, they did not. I swear to God. And this is such a long story and it's a, someone I love and I'm not going to like totally blow them up on the internet. But uh, then I went to London after for my solo trip and I was so, I was so like my head, I was shook. I was shook. So I've been meaning to reset that. This was like eight years ago. By the way, this this woman is incredibly happy in her life now. And I think it really was a thing that was for the best. But I, I have been wanting to kind of hit the refresh button on solo traveling since then because I had this like whole vision for myself of what it was gonna be. And then I was in this shitty cell hotel room just being like, ah um so that's yeah. I, I need to like do a, a redo.
2: I, I totally agree. And I'm working on my London list, by the way, because Paris and London are the places I go most often. I'm just obsessed uh, with them. Yeah. I haven't written it yet, but I do have like a very like chicken scratch email that I send to all my friends from okay. college when they asked me where to go in London. So I'll send that Okay, to cool. You. Maybe i will do it. Yeah, that would be great. I have to reset it because that's so, I mean, that's, I am shook as well on, yeah. on their behalf. But I, I do tend to think, I kind of think that all breakups are good. I know that sounds so Same. weird to say, but don't you think no. that like all breakups are Genuinely for the best. And I mean yeah. full on like divorce too. Like when things end, I think they need to, so that other things can come into your life. I really believe that. And yes. I also have not been through a breakup in twelve fucking years. So what do I know? But from what I can see and what I see people in the this community doing, it seems like something leaves so that better can come.
0: Yeah. And that's even you know the micro breakups of when your early stages of dating, maybe not even defined. We are always saying, as Liza just mentioned, you know, if it if it doesn't feel right, get out. Because I was in so many half relationships, we call them for so long because I was so I don't know what I was trying to justify to myself. I was accepting, you know, less than ideal treatment just to not have an ending. And those had those endings come earlier, I would be. I don't I just would have had a much less anxiety ridden chunk of my twenties. Um, so I think even on that level, just all I think all breakups are good or for a good reason, eventually.
1: Yeah. 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 And I think like it's yeah, cu- I think cutting somebody loose you are you are cutting off a, a heavy piece of baggage. You know, like you're it's like you're carrying something around that like is weighing you down you know and it's yeah it only takes I think it only takes being in one relationship that feels good and loving and genuine and supportive to realize what it should feel like but also I think that like for, for most people I think you date for a long time before you find something like that feels like that if that's your person or if that's not your person or if you don't even believe in having a person like I think usually you're out there dating you know we start dating I'm reading this book right now called trust exercise about like these sweet baby 15 year olds and their first love. And it makes me feel so sad. Cause it's just like, you just realize like how we're children and you start to have feelings for people and you don't, your brain isn't even cooked, you know, it's like, it's very hard to figure out what you deserve and to not take less than you deserve. And that takes a really long time. And a lot of like loving yourself and the, you know, like processes and mental health and whatever. And, um, yeah, you, you only get there when you get there. So it's like some, some the time in between those two places is is rough to date.
2: You have to read Jessica Simpson's book. She met oh Michael Shea when she was 19.
0: Oh, baby. Wow, that's so young. I didn't realize it was that young.
2: Neither did I. I was I'm basically the same age as her. I think she's a little tiny bit older than me. But I remember like that time period not thinking that she was so young and not thinking that he was so much older. Because yeah. he was like he was 26 when she was 19 or uh, something like this, or like maybe, I don't know. It was a, it was like a six or seven year age gap. And when you're that age, it can be, you're just a different, it's not that it's gross. It's that you're in different places in your lives.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. massive.
2: Yeah. Like different <laughs> yeah. developmental stages. It's crazy to think about being in, being like 15 years old and like liking boys. That's such a yeah. different time.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's like very, you just, I think you're so vulnerable, and you want so badly to be like loved and validated, and you know, I don't know. I was like such, I was a very angsty teen, so I, I'm feeling a lot of like, oh, you know, sad, sadness, whatever. The book's great, I'd recommend it. Um, however, we're we're going all over the map, but it's because uh, we like talking to you. But <laughs> would you, for anyone who hasn't listened to your podcast, will you just like tell us a little bit about it, how you started it, why you started it, your your thoughts, feels.
2: Sure. Yeah. So I started a single serving podcast in April of 2019 because um, I I was tired of seeing all of the content created for single women pertain to dating and only dating. How to date better, how to survive dating. That was a big one. It was like, women, here's how to survive dating. It was never men. Here's how to be better at this. So it's not something women have to survive. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's like a very like heteronormative world that I'm speaking from, because that's just my experience. Um, I wanted to give single women more. I wanted wanted more single women to realize that our world does not have to revolve around ending singlehood. That's like Mm. our day-to-day goal does not have to be finding partnership. It doesn't have to be. We can focus on anything we want. We can focus on everything we have as opposed to something we don't have, we can be as happy as anyone else in the world while still being single. And all of that will never preclude us from a relationship. I think there's this weird like, misconception among single women that if we get happy as single women, we're somehow communicating to the universe that we don't want a boyfriend or a husband or a girlfriend or a wife or whatever. And that's total horseshit. You can be as happy and in love with your single life as you want and you still get to find somebody or not. If you don't want to, it doesn't matter. Like there's, there's so many tired uh, looping ways of thinking about single life that just, it was so heavily dependent on dating and on finding somebody and on this grind, this punishing fucking grind. And I had been on dating apps for a decade at that point, And I had never even had one relationship result from that a full decade. And the like example that I give to put that in perspective is imagine looking for an apartment for 10 years and not finding one. Like the madness was, it was so heavy and so dark and so hard. And I had to find a way to like pull myself into light. And it was just one of those things where you're like, I can't be miserable anymore. I'm so sick of being miserable. I'm so sick of being in the throes of the worst part of single life. There has to be more than this. And I just sort of went and found it, and then I started talking about it in a podcast. I started writing about it on Refinery Twenty Nine, and on my medium all the time. Basically, to anyone who will who will read something, I will I will write you a little story about being single, and it'll be a good one. So that's why I started the podcast, and then the most unanticipated uh, benefit of the podcast is its Facebook group. I am friends with um, Jess Mernan of One Part Podcast, and she wrote a cookbook called One Part Plant. And she um, advised me before I started my podcast, she's like, you need to have some kind of other space for people to gather if they listen to your podcast. And hers is in Slack, and mine is in Facebook, because I was a little intimidated by Slack. I didn't want people to have to learn how to use something new to join. So I started a Facebook group. There are 1,800 people in it. And they all just support each other all the time. It's not a place to come and bitch. It's not a place to like just be down on single life. Although you can, if you're having a rough night, I fully encourage everybody to hop in the Facebook group and ask for the support that they need. But more than anything, it's just a supportive community. They meet up in real life all the time, all over the world. And they freak me out when they do this. They know it now. Now they're posting pictures just to get a rise out of me. And I fucking Mm -hmm. love it. It's so cool. But like they, when they meet up, it's just like, The idea that they're opening their minds to like, we can put some effort into new friends and to new hobbies and to new ways of thinking. And it's just the most gratifying thing I have ever done. It's the most important work I've ever done and I love doing it.
0: Yeah. No, it's so special. I've been meaning to join your Facebook group and I will do that now and we'll link it as well. But we have a small community too and there is something really special when I'm like, what are, you know, what are we doing this all for? why do we keep going? And it's for that group and our amazing listeners who are just – yeah, I I also really love that, you know, those listener meetups. You know, dating is hard. We all – you know, the nature of our podcast, even the title of it, and it was because of where I was at in my life and because we wanted to riff on like an old Adam Sandler movie title. I don't know. But it's so dating-focused. Sometimes I think we're like – not there's no regret about it being so dating focused because for me it was about reframing dating. Like go on some dates. I had never dated really in New York. I'd like met people on apps and then hung around with them for a while. You know, I had never just gone on another another date, seeing that it was about connection, not about me and proving something about being single for so long. Like I wanted to prove that I could have people stick around or something. And and this for me, going on dates really changed that. However I know, you know, it ended up working out for me, which is wild. Like, I think it also had to do with where I was at in my life, but I never want our listeners to be too, I never want our podcast format to like make dating more important than it is. If that's, if that, it's like, it's hard for me to articulate. I think there's that won't line.
2: happen. It won't happen. Your your intention comes through very clearly. And at the end of the day, like you're having conversations that people feel like they're hanging out with you. And that's all podcasting is. It's yes. just like connecting with somebody and making them feel like your friends and you're hanging out. I have some of the most random things I listen to while I chop vegetables. You would be amazed. And it's really about like, can you chill out with these people. And you guys do that in spades. So don't worry about it. I appreciate that.
0: And to our listeners, like if you haven't listened to a single serving, please go. Because I think a lot of people get frustrated. They're like, I did 51 dates and it didn't fucking work. And I understand that frustration. And like, sorry?
2: 51 dates?
0: Yeah. People have actually gone on 51 dates since we've had the podcast started. I didn't even go on 51 dates.
2: That's so many. I know. And we're (sighs) like, take breaks. Sorry? Over what time period?
0: Um people have done different things like we have
1: people in our basically people in our secret Facebook can we went on 32 dates in like I don't know like eight
0: or nine months or something yeah it was not once a week I couldn't get a date once a week to be quite honest it was like quite impossible to even oh my God, I can't get a date
2: once a year like, that's it's like it
0: was that's not a thing that happened yeah <laughs> it was and it was it was me being I think that was part of what was good for me though was just like getting over the fear of asking people out on the apps because we had this premise and etc but I think our listeners who have done it Um, they've, you know, not, I don't think anyone's done it like once a week, but just people trying to shift and get on a bunch of dates because they hadn't been for whatever reason. Um, well, our whole vibe too is like, it should be
1: fun. Yeah. It should be. And that's, what's cool about both of our secret Facebook groups too. Right. Is like, I think that something good about the internet and podcasting and, and online dating apps and everything is that like, it can be a means to really facilitate connection. I just think it's a cool thing about, it sounds like your, your secret Facebook group and I think ours too is that like it's facilitating connection between women like it's it's saying that like all connection is important and that it can be romantic connection it can be friendship connection it can be literally like making online friends like Violet Claire I like, she's like a random person we were to on Instagram and now I feel like she's like a real amazing artist woman who we connected with just from like the internet like I think that's and we and it's like we've all connected with her because of that so like, I feel like that's I, I think that's always what we talk about is like connection is I think why people want to fall in love and you can find connection in a lot of ways that are not love. And like it's easier to do. that. <laughs> and, and it won't whatever.
2: stop you from finding love too. you yeah. get all the things that you want. You can have them, but we've been yes. trained on this like horrible lack mentality. Yeah, horrible thing there's no guys out there there's no good guys out there there's no cute guys out there so we're like settling for scraps that come through on tinder and hinge and bumble and all of that and we deserve everything that we want yeah everything and settling doesn't have to be a reality it never did and i kind of want to communicate that through my podcast too
1: totally and i think the more you make yourself vulnerable and the more you open yourself up the more you're good at that. Like, I think it's a practice like everything else. And Okay, so my mom recently told me that I've said some stuff on this podcast that are, like, her pearls of wisdom, but I haven't given her credit. My mom would like a copyright or whatever, so I'm about to say a thing from my mom, Sally. But she always said, love doesn't divide, it multiplies. And, like, that's such a, you know, um, thing that should be, like, stitched onto a pillow somewhere. But I, I feel like it's true, like, if you can practice connecting as a human and being open, it just makes it – it just becomes easier and easier.
2: Sally's right.
1: Yeah. She's very wise. She is. Shout out, mom. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think it's it's an important thing to remember, especially in, as you've been saying, like this world that does overvalue romantic connection.
0: And Shani, do you have any advice for, you know, anyone out there, myself included, all of us who have maybe told ourselves that story about – you know, being I should settle for scraps or being single is not a way to be. Even if I don't believe that, I've definitely told myself that in my head. Do you have any advice on, you know, like a solo trip, just like how to reframe or retell yourself a different story?
2: Yeah. Practice. It's yeah. going to take practice. There is no – um Okay. I have three things I want to say. First thing I will offer a pearl of mom wisdom too. And my mom, Stephanie gets full credit for this. The best advice I've ever been given by anyone came from her. And she said, never date anyone. You wouldn't let your daughter date.
0: Ooh. Mm. Yeah.
2: If someone's doing something to you that you would kick their ass, if they did that to your daughter, that means you need to walk away. So that's one thing.
0: Yeah.
2: It's a big one. I know. It's really big. I'm looking
0: back at different quote unquote relationships because they weren't relationships and thinking oh I would have been out so much sooner
2: yeah but don't beat yourself up because those were just like lessons you had to learn all of this is just like we had to go through everything we've been through to like arrive at where we are now there's no Mm -hmm. there's no bad it's all lessons the second thing is um read 27 wrong reasons you're single by Sarah Eckel. holy Fuck. That is the, it is the Bible. It is actually the Bible for reframing the way that you think everything that's swirling around in my head that I can't clarify and distill down into intelligence. She's already done it. She's done all of it. Like every reason that you have ever been given or that you've ever had in your own head for like why you're single. First of all, it doesn't need a reason because it's not something that you have to reason away or make sense of. It's just how you're living your life. And it's more than fine. It's fantastic. Um, And then the third thing is practice. Take, small steps toward reframing. There is no, there certainly can be light bulb moments where you're just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted. I'm done. That can certainly happen. But also I think, um, give yourself time and patience and credit and love and kindness and take baby steps. There isn't, um, and I'm a terrible example. I ripped off the Band-Aid quick. I deleted all of my dating apps in one day and never downloaded them again and never will. Mm-hmm. And that was very, very difficult. But the good thing is the longer you're off them, the less you're likely to return. Um, there's like a hump that you have to get over. Like you, you know how you always like get that thing in your mind like, I'm just going to redownload them, fuck it? Yeah. Um, that goes away. The longer yeah. that you see how much happier you are when you are not staring into a void of non-matches or getting mm-hmm. disgusting text messages or going on, like, just, like, dishwater dates that are like, what am I doing? Like, why am I here? That kind yeah. of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sounds long- like quitting smoking or drinking, yeah. you know, like, where you're like, ah, like, this is all I can think about. And then you're like, oh, wait, I feel way better. Yeah. Absolutely. Just practice. Take I can breathe. Yeah. Yes, you can. Breathe.
2: <laughs> you can do it. You can breathe. Reframing is very hard and it can take time, but um, any effort that you put into it, applaud yourself for that and give yourself so much credit. We as women, I think we tend to think that we are behind all the time, that we're not enough all the time. And if you are even considering that you want to feel better about dating or single life, if that thought has even entered your head, you are so far ahead of where you used to be first of all, but also a lot of people that will never get there. Like Mm -hmm. you're doing great. It's fine. And, um, it does take, it takes proving it to yourself over time. Mm -hmm. The longer you can see that like the world is not going to end. If I haven't been on a date in a while, the world is not going to end. If I'm not having sex all the time, the world is not going to end. If I'm in my late thirties and single, which I am, the world is only getting better. Mm -hmm. And that I, if you asked me that like seven years ago when I was 30 and I was like humiliated that I wasn't married at 30, that I was still single at 30. Um, it's just a completely different world. And that's because I reframed the way I think about single life.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. And I feel like it's, it's crazy because like I, you shouldn't have to reframe it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's a very frustrating thing is that we are all taught to want the same thing and we're all taught that like one thing is great. So it, It sucks that the onus was then on you to reframe the way you were thinking about your life. But I also think that, I I know, it's another thing that I've probably mentioned a lot of times, but I do think we're this weird experimental transitional generation, right? Like our mothers and grandmothers had one way of living. Our daughters are probably going to have more and like less judged choices, although I'm sure they're still going to have to deal with an enormous amount of bullshit that we don't even anticipate yet. But like our daughters being capital O, capital D, I don't want to have kids. But like uh, it's 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 frustrating, but I think that it is also like historically when we look back, I think that our time of living is going to be an important one for the future of lady ladydom.
2: For sure. We are (laughs) the only generation alive who will ever remember being teenagers with the Internet and without.
0: Right. Right. Yeah.
2: That is a gift. That is one of the greatest gifts in my life has been given is that I remember being a teenager before the internet. Mm -hmm. Like that's, there are no other people on earth who will ever understand that, who will ever have both of those perspectives. Mm -hmm. And that is absolutely a gift. The opposite side of that is we 100% are guinea pigs. We have been on like the front lines of every single internet-based invention in existence, dating apps only being one of them. Um, So we try everything first. Yep. And yeah. then it, then it gets better and tailored and it's, there's like a better version of it. I feel like we've been, the, we've been at the shitty end of the stick in so many ways. I think about this a lot when I think about like, um, like the, the way that uh, divorce and child custody has evolved over time. Like the default when I was a kid was every other weekend and holidays with your dad, who the, uh, came up with that, like yeah. four days a month with one of your actual parents. How yeah. is that okay? I don't know. And I don't think that's the default anymore. Now it's much more 50-50, like we're co-parenting. And that to me sounds so cool and so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't exist when I was six and they were trying to iron this out. Like we've we've seen the first versions of a lot of things. I mean many generations mm-hmm. have, but like we've seen the first versions of so many internet focused things that come at you so fast and so hard. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, it's it feels like a lot.
0: It's I, I hope for that, you know, our daughters, uh, I, the future generation that being single, just even marriage is maybe reframed, like being single does become more normal. I I don't know why I feel hopeful that that will be the case, but I just feel like Gen Z is very, very open minded and very focused on kind of their individual path and I don't know. I also – I just – because I think a lot of my stigmas around being single had to do with marriage even though I didn't want to get married. I don't know if I want to get married and I love my partner right now so much but I don't like a lot of what marriage means in our society. Like it just it, – like not that I'm so cool that I never had those fantasies. I just like – I didn't care. I don't, I don't think I care about the wedding as much as some friends that I have do just what, for whatever reason. And I think – Despite all that, marriage was still that, like, life check mark that was giving me the shame about being single. So if we could, like, somehow reframe how we think about marriage, and especially around that 30-year mark, like, because I've also seen friends stay in relationships because of marriage and timing and, like, that marriage should probably happen around this age. And I just think, like, if we could reframe or t- I don't know not get rid of marriage it can be beautiful I'm just that's that's like what's always gotten me in my head about being single.
2: You want it to be more intentional and less driven by external factors and the need for validation. That's it.
0: Yeah, exactly. it, yeah. it feels and even as someone who's like saying I don't really care about weddings there's a ton of validation like I, yeah, I would feel like a more successful human broadly if I were also married. I don't know.
1: It's hard to it's hard to shut it out, right? It's like you can it's like, I don't know, being in a noisy environment, it's like you can get noise canceling headphones, you can buy the most expensive ones on the market, you can do this, you can do that, you can whatever, but you can't like shut out all the noise around you. Like there's no way to do it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's hard for it not to seep in, but it's also like I think, again, with our, our generation being guinea pigs, like I think a lot of people are doing it. Like I've been to some cool weddings where I'm like, that was cool that felt right that felt correct you mm-hmm. know like i went to a wedding where like they just married each other like there was no officiant whatever they got up they talked for a little bit they expressed love to their families and like they married each other they had to go to like ohio to get their wedding license it's like the only state you can do it It was like they just, so they drove to ohio <laughs> like it was like you know they came back and like got married in new york but it was just like I, you know I, I, that's another thing i think you do get to rethink a if we want to do it B how it looks mm-hmm. and like the judgment from other people is something that, like, you always have to deal with. But I think it's again a thing we get lucky that we get to rethink a little bit if you even want to go there.
2: Of course, I had a guest once who referred to her current single status. She's about the same age as me. I'm 37. Mm-hmm. She referred to this stage of our lives as a second adulthood because mm-hmm. we sort of we sort of dodged that first marriage, if you will, <laughs> like that yeah. traditional like time frame for the for marriage one. Um, And she's right. And it is a gift to sort of uh, become a little bit older and certainly wiser before entering into partnership. I fully mean it when I say I'm so glad I did not get married up until today. I am endlessly grateful. I can't fathom how much I would have hurt myself in doing that. Like it would have just been so, so bad because I didn't yet know how to do love well. I didn't know emotional intelligence well. I didn't know relationships and bonding and like healthy levels of anything yet. And now I feel so much more equipped for that than I, Mm -hmm. than I have before. And it really is a gift. I think that I'm 37 and single, which is an insane sentence. If you say it to the rest of the world out loud, they'll think you're crazy. And I will still say this however long I'm single. I don't give a shit Mm -hmm. when this ends. I really genuinely don't. Um, which I think scares my mom too. Like I have no (laughs) sense of urgency whatsoever. Um, I I care more about the intentionality of it. I care more about finding what's right for me as opposed to just what exists for me. Mm -hmm. There's so much more. I went to a wedding. I was at a wedding seven days ago, exactly seven days ago, sitting there and watching my friend who's the exact same age as me get married and just thinking like, this is how it lasts. This is how you do it like they met at like, she, I think she was 35 or 36 when they met. And I'm just looking at the, the grown upness of this love, the maturity of this love and the like rock solidness of this love. There is no possessiveness. There is no need for validation. There is no like, Oh, what's he thinking? What's she thinking? What are we doing? I don't know. No, like they're, they're not asking each other any questions in their head about the other. They know everything. They're, they know that each one is making a conscious choice to be in this relationship every day. And I was just sitting there being like, this is how it lasts. This is what you do. It was so cool to see. I mean, first of all, it's like one of the people I love more than anything in the world. It was just so unbelievable to watch her get married. It was surreal seeing yeah. her in a wedding dress. And I fucking talk about being single for a living. And this wedding <laughs> was enjoyable for me. I wasn't in a bad mood. I didn't leave early. I didn't have a problem with it. Like I was... Experiencing joy for a wedding as a single 37 year old woman who was the only single person at a 100 person wedding. That is a fucking triumph, truly. That,
0: that yeah. is, that is, wow. I, I, again, it just seems like wild to me that you're the only single person there, though, as well. Uh, like,
2: it was in Texas, not so wild. Well. Okay. All right. All <laughs> Honestly,
0: right. There yeah. yeah. Okay. There it is. Yeah. But it's funny because I feel like, you
1: know, we do get, we, we get listener mail, I think, that speaks to this a lot where people are like, look we don't live in new york like it's different here like i'm 27 and all my friends are married you know mm-hmm. and it's it's very it's very tough i think it's it's i can understand like i was just talking about the external noise like my parents are hippies like i i live in new york i've only lived in new york as an adult like and i feel this noise so it's like i, I yeah i think it's <laughs> it's hard to imagine that being more ingrained in your culture too, like your American culture.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't want to have to rely on the salty side of me to make them feel better. The salty side of me is like, yeah, but you're not going to get divorced in a couple of years either. And all your friends statistically are, because I don't want that to be how we make each other feel better. I want, I want to make people feel better wherever they live and whatever the culture is that there's more validity to single life than we've yeah. ever been taught that it has.
1: Yes. Well, I, I don't th- I think there's a way to say that in a non salty way completely or I'll say it. And then, Shannon, you tell me if you think this sounds salty. I think you can what you can say is like, look, you can look at divorce rates and understand that like marriage does not equal happiness. and And I think that's a fact. I don't think it's well, it's. Is it it salty? What do you guys think?
0: I don't know. I don't know. But but I'm sorry to chime in. Um, Shani, I've been in this like in my grad program, this life design and the science of happiness course. And there's actually all the research around marriage and happiness. When they measure happiness, there's like a significant drop off after you get married in your happiness. And it's not just like around the wedding and just like years of your relationship. It's really interesting. I wish and this badass woman teaches this class and she's, incredibly smart and has done all this intense research and so it's all I wish I had the report in front of me but it was really interesting it's all it's the class has taught me all the things we think will make us happy like money don't but like even true love doesn't necessarily in that traditional way with marriage make everyone as happy scientifically research has proven this over and over again it doesn't make you pure like actually happier as a whole which is yeah, maybe don't say that to the person on their wedding day, but it's just good to remember, like you can be even more happy as a single person or the same level. And that's not what society tells us, but science does.
2: So. Science does. Bella DiPaolo teaches that also. She's a phenomenal oh, yeah. voice in this space and she's done a lot of the same research. And it's very, very true. I just finished a podcast recording with a, a cognitive behavioral therapist and said the same thing you just said. Mm-hmm. like relationships have no bearing on your happiness. Your happiness has a bearing on your happiness. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, I think your happiness does have a bearing on your relationship. I think like how happy you are dictates how um how mutual and how like like how high your relationship's gonna vibe is going to depend significantly on how happy you are. And it's mm-hmm. there's nothing outside of you that you need to become happy. It's really all dependent on your thought processes, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Fuck yeah. On that <laughs> note. <laughs> well, thank I you feel... so much for being here with us. This thank was you for great. having me. It's
2: so fun. Yeah, yeah no, I know. So really I feel like talk. we could talk
0: forever. I know. I'm like, I feel like now I have all these new things I feel... to think about. I want to plan a trip. Like, thank you very much. Amy.
1: Totally. I feel fired up to like, just kick it alone. I mean, I already kind of, I'm in a phase of life right now where I'm like, really enjoying kicking it alone for like the first time ever, kind of. And it's, uh, it's really cool to talk about that and connect on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but thank you so much. Please tell everyone where they can find you, etc.
2: I have a very Googleable name, Shani Silver. <laughs> it's not going to turn up too many results that aren't me. So uh, my website is shaneysilver.com. I write most of the time on Medium. I also write a uh, biweekly column on Refinery29 called Every Single Day. I host a podcast called The Single Serving Podcast that comes out every Monday morning. And I don't know when this episode is going to run, but my next guest, which will go live tomorrow, Monday the 24th, is an 86-year-old stand-up comedian, and everybody needs to listen to Amazing.
0: This. So this will oh come my, out the day name? after that. So
2: Her name is Lynn Ruth Miller, and okay. she's amazing there was a video made by uh frida N that was circling facebook and it, it was posted in my group several times and i watched it and i'm just like i gotta talk to this woman and it was a surreal experience it was so fun um and yeah lots of really cool guests coming up this spring and um that's yeah that's how you find me
0: awesome well, this was well, so great thank you so much for being here
2: thank you for having me
0: And we will sign off by saying, you know what? Go on a solo date. We usually sign off by saying, go on a date. But, like, take yourself on a date.
1: To Paris or London.
0: Yeah, go to Paris. (laughs)
1: Or the bar downstairs.
0: Yeah.